Praise the Lord. Let me just say something about the fire, and we'll move into the Word of God today. Hallelujah. The Bible didn't say if you go through the fire in the Old Covenant. If you go through the fire. It said when you go through the fire. Indicating at some point in your life, you will experience a fiery trial. The New Testament spins off of that and says, think it not strange. Why? Because you're going to go through that fiery trial. Why? Because you're human. You live in a body that still has flesh to be dealt with. You live in a faulty body. You live in a fallen world. And that explains so much to me. It's a simplistic formula. But it explains some really complicated, complex questions that we get. Why? I was talking to a man in a restaurant where I met with uh, uh, three other pastors uh, and leaders of ministry. Have been doing that for going on eight years now. Give me the opportunity to address pastors. I have I have testified to up to 60 pastors. And it's a privilege and an honor. I'm humbled to be able to do that. And because I've been through the fire. And made it through the fire. They respect what I have to say about how to get through the fire. Amen. Or as one, uh, as I might, if I ever wrote a book to pastors, because we do live in a fishbowl and everybody does watch us. And that's a bad thing if they're picking out all your faults because we all have them. But it's a good thing if if you're following Jesus and you can say to them, follow me as I follow Christ. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So uh, I would title the book, How to Live in the Fishbowl Without Drowning. Amen. Praise God. It's not a, there's a pressure that goes with it, but there's also an opportunity to be an example to the flock and to the world that serving God is the greatest life you could ever live down here with the promise of eternal life after this life. Hallelujah. I don't know what I would do without Jesus. Thank God I won't have to do without Jesus. Amen. So think it not strange the fire. When you go, when you go, when you go through the fire, it will not kindle upon you. It will not destroy you. It will not burn you up when you go through the fire. Amen. In fact, when you come through the fire because of his presence with you in the fire and through it, amen, uh, you won't even have the smell of smoke on you. And I'm going to tell you, when I used to smoke and try to hide it, my grandma had the nose of a bloodhound. She found cigarettes before and and tore up my cigarettes, tore up my playing cards. We played for matchsticks. We didn't have no money. We couldn't gamble, gamble. I mean, you know, you're not going to, devil's not going to get you into gambling, I don't think, through playing poker for matchsticks. Amen. But anyway, she tore them up anyway. <laughs> she, she, I couldn't hide anything from her, particularly. And 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 uh, oh man, if, if you think that breath mint is going to take care of the, uh, you know, <laughs> it's going to settle on you. And, and, and but they came out of the of the fiery furnace. God's deliverance so complete they didn't even have the smell of smoke. Wow. That's victory. That's more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. That's what God is talking about. Amen. When you go through the fire, it will not kindle upon you because I'm with you. Amen. You're not in that alone. Hallelujah. You may feel like it, but you are not. And when you go through the waters, the the flood tides, the enemy shall come in like what? Like a flood. 
but the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And if you want to know what that standard is, it's a person. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. The next verse said, and a redeemer shall come to Zion. And how many know who he is in his name? His name is Jesus. God has raised up an everlasting standard of, uh, for you and I to have victory. So think it not strange. The fiery trial that has come to try you as some strange thing has happened unto you. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that that you are able. But will with the temptation make a way of escape that you might be able to escape it? No, that you might be able to endure it. Hallelujah. Well, I know people don't like to endure things, but you're going to anyway, so you might as well to, to know, know how to do it with Jesus' help. Amen. Yes, ma'am. You certainly may. Okay. Yes. I feel like I've been stomped on. I've gone, feel like I've gone through a shredder. Yes. And at times when I said, Lord, I can't take any more. Your word says that you're not going to give us more than what we can bear. Yeah. But through it all, thanks to intercessory prayer, I'm here. Yes. You know, and, I was, and we've been able to just overcome, but it's been so hard. But I just want to thank you all for your prayers. Because there is so much power in intercessory prayer. Yes. I could feel, you know, I know that if it weren't for those prayers, it would have been worse. Yes. You yes. Know? When I couldn't pray, because let me tell you, there were times I couldn't pray. Yes. Yes. And, but, I, but I could feel God with me because of so many prayers. Yes. Yes. So I just wanted to say thank you. Amen. You are more than welcome. Glory to God. I would say that a, this, this 10 months is a fiery trial. Amen. It's the kind that has the potential to destroy. But God says, I will never leave you. And when you, when you go through that, I am with you. That's why you will get through that. Because I am with you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. All right. Let's get in the word. Amen. Because it's time. This is, this is a good segue into the word of God. I want to thank everyone who hears this sermon somewhere in the United States. Uh, because you are in, uh, we read this morning about the World Wide Web. We moved to Plant City and, and the World Wide Web really kicked in today how many years ago that the 91 this is trivia and the world wide web it's amazing that that it didn't exist like it is today before that that how quick the technology i believe it's part of getting the gospel to the world and there's a whole lot of other benefits of technology but i believe god has increased that knowledge to get the gospel to the world quickly because jesus as brother taylor keeps reminding us under the unction of the spirit he's not just mouthing these words jesus is coming soon hallelujah praise god and when this gospel of the kingdom is preached into all the world then shall the end come Hallelujah. God is good today. Hallelujah. You're surrounded. 
Come out with your hands up. Somebody in the motel just headed for the parking lot. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Somebody in the bathroom just took off. (laughs) And I see the pool is empty. (laughs) We all relate to that, don't we? You're surrounded. Come out with your hands up. Whether it's an old western like I used to watch, Tom Mix, you don't remember him. Hop along, Cassidy. Lash LaRue, he had a whip. Of course, old John Wayne movies too. The black and white ones had to be the black. But all the way up until the 21st century, SWAT teams are still surrounding bad guys in buildings and saying, come out with your hands up. You are surrounded. Let me tell you what God has to say to you today. Hallelujah. You are surrounded. So put your hands up and praise me. (laughs) Can you say amen? You are surrounded. And when it looks like it's in that negative sense of your enemy surrounding you. I'll never forget, I, I used to read, because my wife's uncle was a, was a uh, helicopter pilot in Vietnam. He was shot down, and he, uh, he was uh, a couple of days in the jungle waiting to be evacuated, survived that. I made a career, I came back to the United States, and he, uh, uh, he taught men to fly helicopters so they could go. It was one of the major uh, items they used in Vietnam in the conflict and the jungle warfare. Uh, and I remember reading one of the true stories written by a Vietnam veteran who was a leader of a platoon, and they were surrounded by an enemy. You know what their mission was? to go and seek out the enemy and destroy him. They were to find them and destroy them. Seek and destroy was their mission. And they didn't know where they were. But they walked into a trap. They woke up one morning surrounded. And there was a firefight that began. And from all directions, fire was coming in on them. And they were trying to have a perimeter where they could, they could you know, fire at them. And the men were, what shall we do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And this guy said he'll never forget his sergeant. When the men said, we're surrounded. And his sergeant said, good. Don't let a one of them get away. And then he said, it occurred to him, if we sit here, They're going to flank us, and we'll be destroyed. So he told his men to charge them in all directions, and they did. And they actually routed them, and the enemy began to run because the last thing they expected them to do when they were surrounded were to run at them instead of from them. And he said, if we stay here, we die. But if we charge them... Some of us may die, but many of us are going to survive this, and they're not going to have the victory today. Amen. Listen to me. When you feel surrounded by the enemy, and it feels like God is distant, and we pray that panic prayer. I know how to pray in panic, and believe me, it is not the prayer of dependence. 
It's the prayer of desperation. And it's okay to be desperate. I'm desperate for God. But I'm also dependent on God. And the Bible said, whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. And when you pray, not after you pray, too many people are not building their faith to the point that when the crisis comes, that they can pray a prayer of faith. We try to develop faith after the crisis comes. Amen. But the Bible said, when you pray, believe that you receive. When you pray, believe that you receive, and you shall have. If it's in the will of God, it's going to be done. Hallelujah. So this is where we want to go to. This is where I want to bring you to today. This is where God wants us to be today. There are situations where it looks like there is no way out because we are surrounded We are surrounded. I'm going to read you something, and and you can do this at home for time's sake. Listen quickly, and I will speak quickly. (laughs) Well, I'll speak quick and take time to do it, but amen. 2 Kings 6, 13 through 17. The prophet Elisha was in grave danger in a city called Dothan because the king of Aram was desperate to get his hands on Elijah and sent a strong armed force to surround the city by night. And the reason he did it is because he wanted to destroy the king of Israel and the armies of Israel. And every time he set an ambush, every single time, Elisha, God would show it to Elisha. Elisha would warn him and they wouldn't fall into the trap. And he got so mad about that. And you can read this for yourself. I'll tell you, if, if, if you want to make a biblical movie, just make it biblical. We don't have to add to it, take from it. Just there's an adventure here. And this is an adventure in God. Amen. So, so Elisha was telling them that. And the king got so incensed. He said, we've got a snitch, in other words. Somebody among our ranks is, is telling, going secretly and telling. We've got a mole in here. We've got somebody. Somebody's going to die until we find out. And, and, and one, of, one, of his, one of his troops spoke up and said, listen, there is a prophet that God, every time you sit in here and make a secret plan, there God sees it and he tells his prophet about it. And his prophet goes and tells the king. Well, he's hopping mad about that. He said, well, let's kill that prophet. Now I understand, amen, why the enemy uh, comes so hard against those who really have a word from the Lord or a revelation from God. Can you say amen? I got to get him out of the way. Did you know the devil doesn't care about a, 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 a theologically trained, trained preacher without the anointing and without a revelation? He's not afraid of that because he's not going to know what the Spirit has to say to that congregation on Sunday morning. He's not going to hit the nail on the head. He's going to preach an appropriate message, an educated message. It's going to be full of Scripture and it's going to be good and biblical, but it may not touch the needs that are in that congregation. That's why each letter to the seven churches of Asia was distinctly different. If, if your message was one of just faith and healing, you couldn't go down to Laodicea and bring them God's message because they didn't need 
to build their faith. They didn't just need physical healing. They need to get right with God before he rejected them. Someone had to preach repent. And Jesus' message, the reason they didn't open the door was his message. Repent. 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 As many as I love, I rebuke. Rebuke? Oh, no, that evangelist is not coming here. That pastor is not going to be my pastor. He's not, you know, and yet the Bible says we are to reprove and to rebuke. Not point our finger at you, come down on you, but preach the word. The word will, the word will rebuke your flesh. It will help you crucify it. It's meant to do that. Amen? It's for correction. It's for instruction in righteousness. You know what the Bible said in the Old Testament? Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and show, Oh, Lord, this will build your church. Amen. Show my people their transgressions. What? My people has transgressions? And the house of Jacob their sins. And don't do it in a timid way. Speak as an oracle of God because you're God's servant. Don't apologize for His Word. Don't apologize for His will. He loves His people. What is correction for? To bring us back to Him. To get us right with Him. So He can keep us in a safe place. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I want to be safe. I don't want somebody to give me some kind of pat on the back every Sunday when I deserve a kick in the pants. Can you say amen? I want the kick in the pants. I want to be right with God. I want to be challenged because I want to be changed. I don't want to be part of, of the falling away. I want to be part of the gathering together unto Him. Because Jesus is coming soon. Can you say amen? In this scenario, he, he says, all right, where is that prophet? He said, I know where he's camped. So he says, well, send an army and surround. Everybody say surround. Surround, surround him to where there is no way out. Now, th- the way this relates to you is every time the devil comes against you, he's going to remind you that there is no way out. That whatever you're facing is beyond any help from anyone. In other words, I've got you surrounded. And I will close in and destroy you. And there's none to deliver you. And there's no way out. And he did it by night. He did it while the prophet's asleep and his servant is asleep. The next morning, his servant gets up. He goes out to make a fire to cook for his master. And he looks... In every direction. And you know what he's looking for? What we look for when we're going through fiery trials. A way of escape. There's an army here. Let's go that way. And run for our life. There's an army that way. Let's go this way and run for our life. There's an army that way. Let's go this way and run for our life. You know what he saw? They were completely surrounded. There was no way out. No way of escape. He runs back in in a panic. Don't blame him. Don't blame him. Amen. That's a human response to no way out. He's panic stricken. We're tempted to pray in panic. 
when we feel like there's no way out. But I want you to get a revelation today because he got a revelation. And what a, and I want us to get a revelation from his revelation of where God is when you don't know where he is. What God's up to when you don't have a clue. Where God is when you feel like that heaven is brass. And as the psalmist said, it was Asaph. He said, when I think of your wonders... He said, it it irritates me. It discourages me. The way you have come through in days past. Because he didn't feel like he was coming through for him. And he said, I could not speak. And one translator of the Hebrew said he was so discouraged he could not pray. Amen. There's nothing wrong with being discouraged. You'll find that as, as part of your human experience and your Christian walk. There is something wrong if we stay discouraged can you say man hallelujah because god comes to the discouraged prophet in the cave but he doesn't come to just sympathize with him he comes to say what are you doing here amen he comes to get him out of that cave he comes to restore him he's emaciated and an angel has a meal and it was a good one somebody say it was a good one amen he went on the strength of it for 40 days if you can eat a meal and not eat for 40 days, you're going to lose some weight. <laughs> can you say amen? But you're going to have energy and strength and you're not going to starve to death. Hallelujah. God is a provider. God is a provider. So he sees the panic because his servant says, Master, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? There's no way out. And he said, He said, first thing he told him was, there's more with us than there is with them. There's more with us. What? There's an army and there's two of us? Yeah. You see, you, you have to understand you have spiritual resources. Amen. He will give his angels charge over you. What? Amen. He will give his angels charge over you. I remember when we were up on the interstate doing 70 miles an hour, which is a slowdown for me. But anyway, that day we were doing 70 instead of 80. Well, we were doing 70. But, you know, I don't always do 80 is what she's saying. I'm not, you know, the road runner. Beep, beep. And suddenly a car in front does something to another car and the car is going around and around like that. And there's a whole interstate. You know how full it is. Amen. It's running fast. They're passing me at 70 like I'm standing still. And there's no time to do anything except the Lord intervene. And frankly, you have time to say Jesus, to call on his name. You don't have time to elaborate and pray some long, lengthy, you know, prayer to impress whoever. Amen. You just call on the name of the Lord. Amen. Because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe in angelic intervention. I believe that angels encamp. Everybody say surround. Angels in camp, round about. What? Round about. 
Are we surrounded by angels? Could it be that we are surrounded by angels? That there's a positive spiritual revelation in this? Amen. We are surrounded by angels of God. I remember a missionary that, uh, 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 and, and I have his name here, and the name is not as important as the true testimony, because Billy Graham, I believe in his book, Angels, 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 quoted this missionary. Amen. So he wasn't just someone making up a story. Beware of, of stories about people going to heaven that they recant uh, after they finally figure out that they were dishonest. Uh, don't grab, you don't need to grab, we don't need their story. We've got the book. We've got the Bible. It's okay. It helps us sometimes if it's genuine. But there's a lot of people that are not genuine. And a lot of people who are willing to put the book out as true without verification. And particularly with children. Because there's a young man right now recanting what he said he saw when he was 10 or 12 years old and had a near-death experience and saying he made it up, but he really made it up good. And you know why the devil helped him make it up? The devil helped him make Oh, I know it it's, it's hurts to hear all of that. Base your faith on the Word of God. Don't Listen, everything else is subject to scrutiny, and it needs to be scrutinized. And be careful of the Internet. Somebody said there's more buzzards being born in Israel because of the great feast when the birds are going to feast on the carcasses. And that's really exciting. Look what God is getting ready to do. The enemy, you know about the, you know, I don't have to preach all of that. But come to find out there's no more buzzards than there ever was. Amen. But Christians get excited over everything but God's Word. God's book. Best-selling books on the New York bestseller. Sometimes we grab a hold of something. We need to grab a hold of the bedrock of God's Word. And if you want to know about heaven, go to the book of Revelation. Let John tell you all about it. Hallelujah. Amen. One guy wrote a book about it. Preacher. Popular preacher. He wrote a book about his experience in heaven that God showed him. And he said there was, there was, uh, uh, oh, I can't tell you all of the unbiblical things he said was happening there. That didn't line up with scripture at all. And boy, did he sell the books and did people quote him. And, and, and he said, he said they're babies. They're babies. Little, little, you know, the little babies like you see at Valentine's Day, little, little, Fat babies with wings. They're not angels. They're, they're the souls of babies before they come into a human be- baby. They're flying around. This, this guy has a following. And guess who it is? It's Crazy Maddox. Amen. It's, it's, it's us. <laughs> Amen. We grab a hold of stuff but the Word of God. Oh, he's seen heaven. Well, so has John. Read the book of Revelation. I'm convinced some people have seen heaven. But if they have seen it, it's going to line up with what John saw. It's not going to be extra biblical or anti-biblical. One of the best-selling wasn't even written by Christians. Someone who died without Christ and met Jesus. Everybody's going to go to heaven. I I went into that light and, and and I met Jesus. And guess what Jesus told her? He said, every religion God has made 
All of them lead to me eventually back to God. So pick your world religion. Now Jesus said, the Jesus of Scripture said what? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Amen. The apostle says there's no other name given under heaven unto men by which we must be saved except the name of Jesus. Jesus said if any man tries to climb up, and that describes every world religion, man trying to claw and climb his way to God. Amen. That's what separates Christianity because Every world religion is man seeking to get to God and to get whatever they're after. Amen. Christianity is God coming down to seek us. Jesus coming in a manger, going to a cross. Can you say, man, his blood was shed for our sins and without it there is no remission and no other name is given because God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that is named. Hallelujah. Things in earth and heaven and beneath the earth that at the sound of his name every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Hallelujah. To the glory of God. This lady said, Jesus told her. Well, it wasn't the Jesus of the Bible. And no marvel if Satan himself be transformed as an angel of light. And his ministers as ministers of righteousness. But it sold millions of copies. And I'm convinced there were Christians that bought it too. Because we want to look behind that veil. If you want a revelation, get in the book of Revelation. If you want a revelation, get in the Bible. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Because you're going to be let down. And the devil loves it. Because he's trying to discredit the reality of the spirit realm. Except to those that will worship him. He manifests himself through idols. He manifests himself at seances. They experience something. And there are Christians that go to church and don't experience nothing because they have resisted and rejected the Holy Spirit's operation in the church today. So they hear theology from the pulpit, but they do not experience the person or the presence of God. I'm not talking about the baptism uh, in particular. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit's work. And they're satisfied. They have a head knowledge, but nothing in the heart. The heart is vacant. We need a revelation of our spiritual resources. So that we can feel safe and secure in the most dangerous time in the history of the world. In the last days, perilous times will come. They are here and they are here now. So the scripture is very clear. He said, Master, what shall we do? He makes a statement of faith based on his understanding of his spiritual resources. And he says there's more with us than there is with them. Now, how do you do that math? How do you figure that? There's two of us and there's an army big enough to conquer and and ambush the armies of Israel surrounding us. How in the world? See, God is going to make statements to you and wants you to make statements that don't make logical sense, but make spiritual sense. We serve a God 
who ask you to do something that's so illogical unless you have faith in what we're about to get into here today. The Bible said Abraham believed God. He staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Amen? He didn't stagger at the promise. He didn't staggering at the promise is looking at the promise. And I've heard people, I hear it. I hear people telling me, I, I don't have faith for that. No, you got faith for that. You need a revelation of your spiritual resources. Then you'll release your faith. It's not a matter of not having faith. It's not a matter of needing more faith. They said to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. Sounds like a, sounds like a, a good prayer, doesn't it? No, no. No, he said, if you had faith, you don't need more faith. You need to use the faith you've got and recognize what you already have. Increase our faith. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say to that mountain, be thou removed. And if you doubt not in your heart that what you say is going to come to pass, you will have what you say. And there's more to that. It's balanced with the will and purpose of God that you're surrendered to. Amen. He asked them, where is your faith? When they're in a storm and it looks like they're going to sink, where is your faith? Don't keep denying your spiritual resources and don't keep saying, I just don't have faith for that. You do have faith for that, but you don't know, amen, how faithful he is to that mustard seed in your heart. The logical thing is, this is a mountain, and I need a mountain-sized faith to move a mountain. No, you don't. It's not about the size. It's about the quality of that faith and the focus of that faith. Because he started by saying, have faith in God. I'm going to tell you, my shield of faith is not a force within me. My shield of faith is what I know about my father. It's what I know about Jesus. It's what I know about my resources as a child of God. Just being a child. give You don't have to be a prophet or an evangelist. Oh, it's easy for you because you're anointed. You're anointed. You're anointed. Have you ever spoken in tongues? Wave at me if you've ever done it. It's okay. We're in a Pentecostal church today. I'm not going to kick you out for it. You're anointed. Have you ever witnessed and, and knew that what you were saying was way beyond your intellect and ability? You felt something coming out of your belly, up through your head and out your mouth, and you knew it was the Holy Spirit? You're anointed. Hallelujah. You have spiritual resources. You're a child of God. He's a shepherd to you. So this prophet walks out and he makes that faith statement. The Bible said of God that Abraham believed God because God is able to raise the dead. That's, that is the biggie. That's the biggie. Moving a mountain is not the biggie. Water from a rock is not the biggie. But when somebody's graveyard dead and God raised them because he's that powerful, that's the biggie. What he was saying was, Abraham didn't stagger at the promise because he does nothing too hard for God. Because he's a God who raises the dead and here's how he talks. This is his method of operation. And calls the things that are not visibly 
tangibly, materially seen as though they were. Because once God wills it and God purposes it, He promises it. That's why the promises of God are yea and amen to them that believe that He's a God that raises the dead. And a God that calls the things not as though they were. When Charles had one of those setbacks, one of those bad setbacks, and we kept communicating, you with Facebook, I don't have Facebook because people see my face all the time. That's not why I don't have it. I, I didn't want to get into doctrinal discussions with crazy people. You you never met anybody crazy on Facebook? I unfriend you. (laughs) I will not friend you. (laughs) That's the same as unfriending you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see your face. That's why I'm not on Facebook. You don't want to see my face when I read what you said. Do you? No, I got on it, and Lord have mercy, prophets come out of the woodwork, and and people that God sent to do this and that and this and that, and I thought, no, 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 I don't know you from Adam's house cat, that God would never send you to me because I have no idea who you are. And the Bible said, try the spirits and see if they be of God. There's no way I can do it if I don't find out who you are. Can you say amen? So God showed me, well, that's great. You take it and run with it. Don't try to unload it on me. Thank you. Anyway, didn't get, didn't pastor for 56, 46 years because I listened to what everybody else told me to do. When the sheep tell the shepherd what to do, there's something real bad wrong. Well, anyway, just, that's just why I'm off of Facebook. I didn't want to have those feelings and those conversations. Did you know everybody's got critics? Jesus had them. Yeah, he's got power, all right. He does it by Belgebub. He does it by the Lord of the Flies, the Prince of Death. And, oh, Lord, have mercy. Okay, let's finish, Charles. <laughs> Hallelujah. When there was a setback, and there wasn't just one, there was setback after setback after setback after setback after setback. And one of those setbacks, I said, Lord, you know, you can't help. You, you just... We're believing. We're standing. We prayed. And I, and you know what? The Lord spoke to my heart. And I told this to Charles when the last time I talked with him. The Lord spoke to my heart. And I said, Charles, I don't say that lightly. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not one of these people that's just got this, you know, thing going on. God, you know, I wouldn't even need a Bible. I wouldn't even need a preacher. I wouldn't even need to study the Word if I got those personal things just You know, every single day, every moment of the time, I'm suspect of all of that. Not just because I'm not that way, but because the chief organ by which God speaks to us is the Holy Bible. And the second person he speaks to us is the Holy Spirit. It's all holy. Praise God. It's not to elevate. It's not to magnify a man or a woman. It is to magnify, glorify God. Hallelujah. And I said to Charles, that's Charles, but the Lord asked, he just dropped in my heart when I felt 
discouragement coming in on me and uh, concerning praying for you. And because of the setback and the setback and the setback, I know how it feels because it's about to pull me right into it. And I said, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, he said, do you not believe I heard you when you prayed? I said, I absolutely know you heard me when I pray. I know. Amen. You know what Jesus said? When everybody forsook him, he's standing in Pilate's temple alone. He said, Father, I know you always hear me when I pray. That's one thing that's settled. He said, well, if, if you know I heard you, he said, start thanking me for Charles's healing. And I they see, that's, no, 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 no. See, here's how it's supposed to work. We're not supposed to thank him before the fact. We're supposed to thank him after the fact. Come on, when he does something for me, then I'll thank him for it. He says, no, you thank me for it and praise me for it because you know I've heard it. His, this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know he heareth us, we know we have the petitions that we've desired of him. And I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. That's I know that I know that I know. That's no-so faith. And all faith should be no-so faith. I just, I haven't stopped. One, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is thank God for Charles's healing. That's number one. Thank you, Lord. Then I pray for our petitions and your needs and other people's needs that are not as dire as his. And I've already prayed. And it is a form of prayer when you're praising God for the answer. It's the keep on knocking. Not as if he hadn't heard, but because you know he's listening. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. How powerful. And I came right up and said, Lord, thank you. I'm glad you've got this. I'm calling something not as though it were. And that's the way you operate and that's exactly why because of a revelation and understanding of of how god operates and so the prophet he walks out with a calmness he walks out with a perfect peace he walks out and says something that in the material physical sense wouldn't have been true there's more with us than there is with them and it didn't help a bit to the guy that's looking at those armies surrounding them, bent on their destruction. And he says, okay, Lord, I see that he can't, he don't get it. He don't have the revelation. Everybody say revelation. revelation. He said, open his eyes. I pray thee and let him see, let him see. See, I can preach this all day long, but when you get a revelation, that's different. Let him see. Let her see. I see it. Let her see it. Let y'all see it. How many would want to, I don't mean a, a vision, but a biblical spiritual revelation of a truth that causes you to say things that go against logic and reason because it is spiritually true. Can you say amen? You line up with the word of God. You just line up with the Word of God. Because God watches over His Word to perform it. Hallelujah. Amen. Open His eyes and let Him see. And He looked again. And He saw the same 
army surrounding them. But surrounding the army that was surrounding them were warrior angels and chariots of fire. There's more. Everybody say spiritual resources. There's more with us than there is with them. Even when I can't see chariots of fire and angels, I know they're there. And I know that prayer is not informing God of my need. While they were sleeping and the enemy was surrounding them, God was surrounding the enemy to deliver them. What? That's a shepherd God. That's a shepherd that said, they want to hurt my sheep. I'm going to dispatch my angels right now. I'm not going to wait for them to pray. So that when they pray, I've already preceded their prayer. By the way, the angels were all around, but they were not doing anything until Elisha prayed. And what the devil don't want you to do is pray in faith. Because he knows all those resources are available. But when you pray in faith, they are go into activity. They're already dispatched. You don't have to get God to turn it loose. He is ahead of you and I on that. And he saw. And you know what Elisha did? He went out and he said, pray. He said, he said okay, all these, all this armies of heaven is here. Here's how he prayed. He said, Lord, smite, smite this people with blindness. They're going to have a hard time hurting us. If they can't even see us. And now because they are stone blind as a bat. Immediately. Supernaturally. Elisha walks out and says. Where would y'all like to go? Because they're, nobody can go anywhere. They're confused. They're blind. They're be- bewildered. They have, they have encountered the God of Israel. Not just a prophet of God. Can you say, man, hallelujah? And they said, we'd like to go home. We want to get out of here. Can you say, man, we, we, there's a fear that when you encounter the supernatural, even if it's an angel of the Lord, there's a fear, a quaking, and they want to go home. They don't want to fight nobody, kill nobody. They want to go home. He said, follow me. And you can see an army. Can you see them? Everybody putting their hand on somebody else's shoulder. This whole army is following the old prophet. Where does he take them? He takes them straight into the courts of the king they were trying to kill. And there they are, delivered up. <laughs> king can do what he wants. He could kill them all. But no, he wants God to get the glory. He don't want everybody, them to be martyrs and think they died in battle valiantly fighting the Israelites. No. He said, he said, take them home. Take them all the way back home. Somebody take them home. Take them home and let them see. Amen. That, that they have encountered not just a warrior, a, a warrior on a battlefield, but not just the people of God, but the God of this people. Can you say, man, they're all blind. That's supernatural. Hallelujah. And they will know what? They will know there's a God in Israel. Can you say, man, hallelujah, there's a God in Israel. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know what? God wants His people to know there's a God in Israel and we are spiritual Israel today. And the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is our God today. And He would like you to have a, you know, a little bit of victory because of that revelation. He would like you to pray in greater faith because of that revelation. Hallelujah. Let me read it to you. Oh, oh, by the way, let me get the missionary done real quickly. The missionary, they, he's, they have a little house for him. And, the, and one of the witch doctors and the king of this tribe in the jungles decided we're going to kill them tonight. We're going to surround his little house with, and kill him tonight. And they came to kill him with a group of warriors and surrounded the house. They were getting ready to go in and kill him. And there have been missionaries killed, but this night was different. I don't know who was inside, where their faith was, and how they prayed, but I know that God was way ahead of the plans of the enemy to destroy. Because I think it was Billy Graham's book, Angels, 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 where his story was come out. And he said, he said, the night passed. Nothing happened. It wasn't very long till revival came to that tribe. And the man who was leading that group of warriors to destroy the missionary gave the testimony. We came to kill you. We surrounded the house. But we saw that standing, guarding that house were bright, shining warriors, huge and scary, holding weapons of war. And we said, we better not. We'd better not. We'd better not. We'd better not. And they lost their courage and they did not attack. I'm going to tell you, when they were surrounding the house, God was surrounding them. Amen. You see, here's, here's what he says as we close today. God, God wants somebody to get a revelation of your spiritual resources so that you can pray and believe not to get God. See, prayer isn't to inform God of your need. He knew their need before they prayed. Oh, I got to read you this. It'll make it quicker if I read it to you. Isaiah 65, 24, something to take home with you. And it shall come to pass, because see, it was in his will. He purposed it. He wanted it. And he was waiting for them to pray for it. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. Before they call, I will answer. I will prepare the answer. I will expedite. In other words, I am so ready to do this. All I need is for them to call. Can you say, man, before they call, I will answer. And while they're yet speaking, this is not praying all night long. He said, before you get through praying it, because I know you're going to pray it. Amen. Before while they're yet speaking or praying, I will hear. You understand that you can have angels dispatched from heaven to deliver you. But if you don't pray in faith and put your trust in God, that's all they are is waiting. Amen. 
Nothing happened till he said, Lord, smite this people with blindness. But he had a confession before he said anything. First, there was a confession of faith, wasn't there? And what was the confession of faith? Hold fast your profession of faith without wavering. He is faithful that promised. There's more with us than there is with them. Hallelujah. So how, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many has ever said, you know, I just don't have faith for that. I just don't believe I can believe God. Well, if you don't believe you can believe, you've got faith that you can't believe. Amen? That's an operation of faith, right? I have faith that I don't have faith. And you know what that is? That's fear. That's faith in reverse, which is fear. That's faith turned upside down, which is fear. It's not just doubt. It's fear with a stranglehold. And God is waiting for you to say the truth. I have resources. I can do. I can. I can. I can. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I got so overwhelmed one time, I thought I can't. I can't take anymore. I can't. I can't do this. I can't. I can't. And I realized I can. I can. It's not just I must, but I can. I picked up the phone to return a call that I dreaded so bad years ago. I thought, I, 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 I just can't do it. I'd rather, I'd rather just whatever. I, I'd rather run off somewhere. Change my name, address, and zip code. Can you say, man, then deal with this. But suddenly it just dawned upon me. Do you believe in the sufficiency of my grace? Yes. Do you believe in the faithfulness? Of my promise. Yes. Do you believe that greater is he that's in you. Than he that's in the world. Yes I affirm that. Then say it. And I remember saying I can do all things through Christ. And I felt myself growing. I can do all things through Christ. Which strengtheneth me. Hallelujah. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. But the righteous are bold as a lion. Can you say, man, hallelujah. And I made the call. And it was bad. But I was strong enough to take the, take the hit. Hallelujah. And I said, Lord, you are so wonderful. You are so powerful. Praise God. There's none like you. I'm not alone down here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you believe there's power in the Holy Spirit? Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. You believe he's living in you right now. Do you believe that's how I strengthen you is because I've given you. Amen. You'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Praise God. Listen to these scriptures as we close. And I'm going to say this and don't, don't say amen because I'll, be, I'll preach on it. It's time to move toward getting this under our belt. Trust in God's provision and protection constitutes the shield of faith it's not a force this is not star wars stuff this is god's mo god's method of operation amen faith isn't a force within you that that's coming from somewhere else that that takes you away from trusting god and trusting in the force within you called faith and it's not the 
force within you. It's the Father's faithfulness to you. Have faith in God and say unto that mountain. Because it's God that acts on that mountain. Not your faith as a force that's going to slam it out of the way. It's God that's going to move it. The mountain that stands before you shall become as a plain, not by might or power, even the power of a force within you. No, it's the Father above you and His faithfulness to you. Thank you for the hearty amens. Amen. Well, brother so-and-so said, I don't read his books. I read God's book. You can't impress me with his book. Well, I saw him on TV and he said, hey, amen, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a bit of difference to me. Don't even quote him to me. I don't know him. And I, come on, but I know the Lord. So I don't need to know him. I love men of the cloth, men of the word, women of the Bible. But what I don't even like, I love them as brethren because they're in the family. Amen. Shake the tree, nuts come out of everybody's family tree, right? And there's nuts in this family tree. Some of them are not real family. Some of them are family and they just need to, they need to grow up in God. Prayer is not to inform God of our need. Rather, it's to acknowledge His faithfulness, His power, and His watch care. God loves you. His eyes are upon the righteous. His ear is open to their cry. Deuteronomy 32.10 says, Oh, wait, Psalm 125 uses the image of being surrounded in an opposite sense. The psalmist envisions Jerusalem encircled with mountains, seeing in that image a picture of God's presence and protection. So he says in Psalm 125, verse 2, Just as the mountains are round about or surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people both now and forever. Can you say man, <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say, I'm surrounded. And I loves it. Did you say loves it? Amen. And I loves it. Hallelujah. The devil says he's got me surrounded. I've got news for him. God's got me surrounded. Hallelujah. Praise God for as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 32.10, he found him in a desert land and in the howling waste of a wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. He guarded him as the pupil of his eye. Psalm 139.5, you've enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Hallelujah. Psalm 32.7, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. You encompass me with songs of deliverance. Woo! Zechariah 2.5 For I, declares the Lord, will be a wall of fire around her. Everybody say, thank God I'm surrounded. Hallelujah. And glory in her midst. Psalm 34.7 The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and rescues them. Glory be to God. Somebody stop me. Hallelujah. God is good today. Handan city 
and this is from the easy to read version of Psalm 139, 5 through 7. It says, you are all around me, in front of me, behind me. I feel your hand on my shoulder. I'm amazed at what you know. It is too much for me to understand. Your spirit is everywhere I go. I cannot escape your presence. Can you say amen? He that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. And he that's with you is greater than he that's against you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother, would you come and plug this in? And we're going to have a closing song. Are you glad to be surrounded today? The next time you feel surrounded by your circumstances, understand that you are surrounded by God's angels and by God's spirit and by God's presence. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's more with us. There's more with us than there is with them. This is how I fight my battles. This is my shield of faith. Let's confirm it today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Without a revelation of your spiritual resources, you will only see yourself surrounded by enemies, by circumstances that there is no overcoming and no way out. But this is and and this world system that Satan influences will throw everything everything but the kitchen sink. No, they'll throw the kitchen sink too at you. They're gonna throw it all at you. Amen. But this who who is who is he that overcomes the world but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith and it's not just our ability to believe it is the faith that was handed down to us through the apostles and the prophets and today the prophet Elisha has handed you down a faith in your heavenly resources hasn't he can you say man and you know what God is saying to you today open their eyes what I have prayed open our eyes and let us see All we see, we walk not by sight, physical sight, the circumstances, the material, the physical. No, we look beyond that. Praise God. And we see what we have in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And we say amen. Hallelujah. By faith, there's more with us than there is with that circumstance and where is with all of my enemies. There's more with us than there is with them. Hezekiah said the same thing verbatim to calm his people. They come out and they see a mighty army unified together to destroy them. Hezekiah spoke comfortably unto them and he said unto them, there's more with us than there is with them. With them is the arm of flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
That's all they got is what they got. But with us is the Lord our God. He it is that will fight for us. Can you? He looked beyond that physical army and saw the spiritual resources he had in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he said, oh, oh, in the moment he said that, the moment he said it, a prophet stood up in the congregation and said, thou shalt not have to fight at all in this battle, for the battle is no longer yours. The battle is the Lord's. Can, that's Jehoshaphat. Praise God. Hezekiah said it. Jehoshaphat said it. Glory. Great jumping Jehoshaphat. Hallelujah. No wonder he was jumping. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. How, what are we going to do in light of that? He said, he said, he said, call the singers that go in the temple to worship God and give him glory. Call them out and have them array themselves in front of these armies and have them Sing a revelation of God. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Extol Him. Give Him glory and honor and praise for who He is. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's a good God. Therefore, He's a gracious God and a merciful God. And He's also a powerful God. Can you say amen? And while they were singing that revelation of God, Hallelujah. The Lord said ambushments and they turned on each other. Every warrior turned on his, 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 his ally and they killed each other until there was not one left standing and he killed himself. No, I don't know what happened to him. I just added that he, somehow or another, they all lay dead when the, when the, I'd kill myself if I saw all that happen. I'd say, ain't no point. <laughs> I'm not facing the armies of Israel, except it's an angelic army. Praise God. What good does it do us to have angels given charge over us if we don't ever initiate their presence in our lives and our circumstances by praying in faith? And trusting God to come through. Hallelujah. I represent a good God. I represent a great God. I don't know the weak God. I don't know the unfaithful God. I don't know the God that sits aloof in his heaven unconcerned about his children. I know the God that loved us enough to give his only son. And I know the son who loved me enough to stay on that cross until he paid my sin debt. And I believe in the logic of the cross and that Paul spoke of. And I close with this. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I believe in this. So, so well, there, it's a drop the mic thing. It's a drop the mic thing. If he loved us enough, if he loved us enough, Paul says, to give us his only begotten son. How will he not also with him give us all things? Can you say, man, you're, you, God is going to come through. There, there's a mustard seed getting ready to move a mountain in this room. Because your faith is not in your faith when you feel so low. Or in your feelings when you feel so low. But the fact of God's love and provision in your behalf. Call on me in the time of trouble. and the day of trouble I will deliver you. And thou shalt glorify me. Are you glad you came to church Sunday morning? Hallelujah.
<laughs> I want you to shake hands with somebody before you leave and say, hands up in praise. You're surrounded. <laughs>